Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network. The Best Ever You Show is here to help you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. With this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. And now, here is your host, Elizabeth. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We're so happy that you're here with us today. Uh, we, gosh, we're approaching a couple million downloads or more now, and we we love when you share the show. We've got free replays, and then our website's been entirely redone. It's Best Ever You Y O U dot com. And um, today we're gonna we're gonna shift from best ever you a little bit and over to the other um, one of my other interests and lifelong um, things I champion um, and suffer from also and, and sometimes suffer sometimes thrive it just depends on the day um, but um, that's food allergies and we're going to do another food allergy awareness show right now to um, the point of our shows are a, a couple different things um, and that's to mostly to help people stay alive and thrive with food allergies so we move out of that suffering zone um, and then also to help find a cure for food allergies. Um, I'm also the, the co-founder of foodallergyzone.com and uh, we have a lot of shows that we've done and they kind of stay up there permanently so you can listen to them anytime that you want to um, on the latest research um, from, from families, from you know, just about everybody who has um, something to do with food allergies, um, we really invite you to come on to Best Ever You, and we'll do a food allergy show, and we'll put it on besteveryou.com and foodallergyzone.com, and tweet it out and all that stuff because I just really believe that we, you know, we're making a difference and um, really truly helping people stay alive and thrive with food allergies. So I'll be quiet here and, <laughs> and bring on my guest. Um, we've got. Um, Dr. Josie Parmar on with us today, and um, she is one of the co-founders of the Walk for Andrea. And again, more food allergy awareness here. Um, the Walk for Andrea was started to honor the memory of Andrea Mariano. Um, she, Andrea, was a first-year university student who passed away on September 18, 2015, after sipping a drink she bought on campus. And her death was due to an anaphylactic reaction to either dairy or peanuts, both of which she was allergic to. And um, the funds raised by the Walk for Andrea go to the Sick Kids Food Allergy and Anaphylaxis Program, again, to help try and find a cure for life-threatening food allergies. And um, Dr. Parmar is a, herself is a general dentist and the mother of three children, and then so two of those children um, have multiple anaphylactic food allergies, just like I do, and also have eczema and asthma. And so um, she and her husband um, have uh, Peter, I'm going to say Deverin, <laughs> there we go, uh, have, co have co-founded this Walk for Andrea, to, again, to help find a cure for food allergies and then also honor the memory of Andrea Mariano. Uh, they held their first annual walk um, Sunday, October 2nd, 2016. And I think the next walk is planned for September 24th. So uh, hopefully that introduces us and we still have a lot more to talk about. Um, but welcome to the show. Thank you so much for um, being on here. I know um, live blog talk radio <laughs> is a new thing for you today. So I, I 
thank you for being brave and being on with us. Oh, thank you, Elizabeth, so much for inviting me. It's it's going to be a great experience, I know. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go through everything. So, can you can you tell me how you got it, what inspired you to create the walk for Andrea? Because I know sometimes it's the parents of the child um, who may have passed away that you know create these walks and so forth, such as my co-founder for Food Allergy Zone. Why did you get involved with this? Um, well, it? as you mentioned, I, I have, we have kids with food allergies, and actually my husband and I had been talking about doing some sort of event to raise awareness in the community and to raise money for the Sick Kids program. We'd actually been talking about it for quite a while. Um, and then in September 2015, we learned of Andrea's death, and her family actually, we, we didn't know her at the time of the death or the family, uh, but the family lives literally 15 minutes away from us. And um, we just felt like that was the sign where we couldn't delay anymore and we really needed to to organize something. Um, so as um, it would have it, my husband sort of started talking to people whenever he went out and he met someone who knew someone who knew them and we got connected that way. And Andrea's parents really wanted to do something special to remember their daughter and to have her legacy live on um, with food allergy awareness. So they were um, happy to meet with us and together um, we, we started the walk. Beautiful. What's it like having children with food allergies? For everybody, for everybody listening out there, I know I'm going to lump a bunch of questions in with one because you know sometimes people don't take food allergies seriously. And um, what's it like? What do you go through? Just kind of explain, um, give us some insight into what life is like with children with food allergies. Well, um, just. To let you know, I, so I have three kids, and um, the eldest is 12, um, middle one's 10, and my youngest is 7. And um, the oldest and the youngest have multiple food allergies, and my middle one doesn't have any known food allergies. So um, juggling the non-allergic child with the two with food allergies is another layer to dealing with with the kids with food allergies, but uh, my oldest is allergic to peanuts, uh, tree nuts, and soy, and my youngest is allergic to dairy, uh, eggs, and the peanuts and tree nuts. So, in in so the you home, eat in your house, yeah, yeah, I know that's <laughs> yeah. the first question everyone asks. So that's pretty much. I mean, the silver you know, lining for yeah, the silver lining for living with food allergies is we actually eat um, really like clean so we we eat whole foods lots of fruits and vegetables you know she they can all eat rice pasta um meat uh so i mean we don't we don't rely on packaged foods we can't um not a lot of canned stuff either uh we're lucky that now there are a lot more products available that say allergen free but most of the time we stick to the basics and it's a lot of home cooking. I bake our own breads, muffins, cookies. <laughs> Everything's done at home. So, I mean, that, the silver lining is we know what we're eating. 
but that is the main question we get asked is what do we eat? And just to make it safe in the home for them, I do prepare food. Like every meal is safe for everybody because it's just too too onerous to try and prepare, you know, separate meals for the separate kids. So everything we eat is safe uh, for everyone, and it just it yeah. makes life easier. I'm, but I'm you glad you brought that we, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Keep going. Well, just to go back to how do we uh, deal, you know, what it's like to be a parent of a child with food allergies. I think, like I was saying, in the home, it's not so hard because I am controlling the environment and eliminating allergens. Um, it's really outside the home where, you know, it's more difficult. And I, I do personally have to deal with um, my own feelings of anxiety and fear of, um, you know, what if my child is exposed to something, they have a reaction, and someone doesn't recognize it, and they're in, in, in a crisis situation and, and nothing's done. So things like that are, are always on top of mind. So I think it's a lot of um, part of why we also want to do the walk was to increase awareness so that people understand the, the life-threatening nature and can hopefully um, keep our kids safe when they're not with us, and then they themselves have to all also, of course, be responsible and advocate for themselves. So as any parent does, there's a lot of teaching of the children how to handle, you know, their allergies outside the home and um, how to uh, be prepared. Um, yeah, the magnitude of dealing with food allergies is um, can be overwhelming and um, just, there's so much to keeping somebody alive on a day-to-day basis with, with food. I love the fact that you mentioned the clean eating because I'm, I've had these allergies for almost 20 years now and it's life-threatening anaphylaxis to, uh, for me, it's nuts, peanuts, fish, and shellfish. <clears throat> and, um, so, and, I've, and I've had two serious brushes with death uh, mm-hmm. in that and I... I do much of the same that you're talking about. You know, people say, well, how have you dealt with this for 20 years? And I say, well, um, as best I can, I'm 47 now. Um, I eat as clean as I can. I eat foods with, you know, an apple or a pear, or, you know, where I know what it is and I'm not necessarily reading a, a package um, or something processed or something processed in a facility may contain you know, those yes. types of things are huge red flags for me. I don't eat other people's baked goods. I don't go out to donut places. I don't, you know, all of the pastry, all of that stuff. And I, and it's very difficult for me to go out to eat as well um, because you just, you know, all the cross-contamination. And people, it, it's interesting to me because um, to me, and let me know if you agree with this, it seems like sometimes people don't take the food allergy seriously. Um, it's this type of life-threatening anaphylaxis isn't the same as, oh, that bothers my stomach or makes me sniffle or sneeze or, um, you know, break out in a little rash or anything like that. This is like you eat the food and you're fighting for your life um, anaphylaxis. And um, in my case, I have very serious blood pressure drops followed by digestive anaphylaxis, which is totally gross. Um, And in other cases, it's um, people have breathing issues. What what kind of anaphylaxis do do your kids have, and how do you how do you know they have anaphylaxis? And I mean, have they had reactions that you've had to deal with? 
before that type of thing? Yeah. Um, well, my they for them so far the reactions have been more of the respiratory nature, so they do have difficulty breathing. Um, my son was around two and a quarter, and I had made him um, a peanut butter. No, actually, I had made a peanut butter sandwich for myself. So. Um, and I had just used the same knife. I just wiped it clean and made a jam sandwich for him because at that time, so this is 2006, pediatricians were saying to avoid nut products for the first two, three years of life. And now, of course, the, the advice is the polar opposite. But So at that time, I wasn't yeah. really giving him any peanut products. So anyway, he had the jam sandwich, and I was busy. I was talking on the phone. I was eating my sandwich, and then I hear him saying, um, Mommy, my tongue hurts. And I said, oh, you probably just bit your tongue. It's okay. Just keep eating. And then he kept saying it, and his voice was changing. And so I just quickly hung up the phone, and I went to him, and I saw that he had hives on his um, chest and his neck. Yeah. He, uh, his, his, his tongue was sort of hanging out of his mouth. It just looked swollen. And it was just, it was so frightening to see, um, to see him like that. I'd never seen him like that. And he just looked panicked, like something was really, really, really wrong. Wow. Um, and at that time, I just, I probably, if I had known the seriousness of it, I, and of course, we didn't have any EpiPens because he didn't have a diagnosed allergy. But looking back, it was probably something that should have been um, treated with epinephrine. But what I did was I just I stripped him down. I, I, I took him to the bath. I just washed him. I made him rinse his mouth. And somehow, maybe because it was his first reaction, it subsided. Um, but of course, after that, we, we had to carry the EpiPen. Um, and for my daughter, the most dramatic reaction was uh, she was also around two. And one of our family members, we had actually already knew that she had the dairy allergy um, because at five months when I tried out one of those cereals, the early cereals that you introduce, mm-hmm. it had skim milk powder and she reacted with hives. So, you know, the doctor said avoid dairy. So we, we definitely avoided dairy, but somehow this family member gave her a candy, um, which on the front, you know, it said 100% fruit, <laughs> um, but... Later on the back, we saw in tiny writing, it said, may contain dairy. So she ate the candy, and within about 20 minutes, I noticed she had red um, blotches on her cheeks. She started to get severely congested, struggling to breathe. And I, you know, my husband and I just said, okay, we're going to give her the EpiPen. So I just remember him holding her down, because I don't think people realize that it's, I mean, it's a needle, and you can't, um, you have side. to administer it. You don't want the child moving because you can actually, there have been injuries reported where, where children are lacerated because they weren't held down. So my husband held her down, and I, um, you know, administered the EpiPen in her thigh. And within, you know, seconds, she, the, that congestion subsided, and you could see the effect um, but yeah. at the same time, it was so traumatic to see her to see her child gasping for breath. It's it's the scariest thing. And my my other children, who at the time, I think they were five and seven, especially my eldest who has food allergies, they were just afterwards. I found them. They were hiding behind behind the couch in the living room, just sobbing because they thought their little sister was going to die. 
and it was just it, it you know it's it's terrifying <laughs> it really is oh t- completely terrifying I, I i've had it happen to myself so i can i i mean i actually know what you're talking about and know the mm-hmm. feeling and know the reaction and uh, um just even as a parent myself i have four children my kids do not have food allergies but i get it i know what you mean when your child is struggling in one way or another um especially for their fighting for their life um how just incredibly stressful that is um for sure i i um I want to touch on a couple things if we can, and then we'll we'll go into more depth here about Andrea and your walk and so forth. But a couple of takeaways for for anybody listening, um, you touched on it, and I and I'm going to elaborate. And that's that a first allergic reaction might be just very mild, but a, mm-hmm. a second introduce, introduction to the um, allergen or third or you know any kind of subsequent um, introduction to the allergy may result in full-blown anaphylaxis. So it's incredibly important to um, understand that and not just take it lightly and make sure that you're doing a bunch of things. Make sure you have epinephrine. Um, Make sure that a child carries it on themselves or has it nearby at all times. I know in schools, I know in schools sometimes they put them in the nurse's office I'm right. an advocate of them actually being in the classroom. I don't know how possible that is, but the nurse's office is sometimes way too far away to get to a, to get it into a child in a life-threatening um, situation fast enough. So I think that needs to be on the child or near the child at all times, um, especially as they grow into teenagers um, and especially boys. Um, I know boys don't have a really good way to carry up an effort around. They don't have a yeah. purse or whatever. Um, I know there's packs and things like that that people are putting around uh, their waists and stuff like that. And I know epinephrine is starting to be made in tinier form. Um, I think OcuV is putting something back out or something. I've read something about that. But, um, you know, we lose, we lose boys a lot because they do not have the epinephrine on them. The right. other thing I always tell people to do, and I know I'm getting a little preachy here, but it's serious. It's people's lives. Um, Benadryl. Um, yes. water, and then two other things that I don't think people remember very well. Um, one is 911. Um, yes. The hospital, if you administer epi, still go to the hospital because the reaction continues. And then the other, yes. my final preachy thing too, I don't know if parents think of this so much because they're always around their child, um, but that medic alert on your wrist or neck is so critical. Uh, medic alert Foundation, medicalert.org. Um, I helped design several years back bracelets for kids. And the reason why they're very important is because they're a recognized symbol. There's a lot of um, bracelets out there that kids can wear, but they look like jewelry and, you know, they, they just aren't quite like this. I'm a big fan of right. Medicalert and, and, and a spokesperson for them. And we've designed bracelets that are for kids. They've got Velcro and they've got sports things and they've got this or that and the Medicalert's in different colors. And But the, the ER people are trained, um, the ER and paramedics are trained when you have a life-threatening situation to take your pulse. And that's either in your neck or around your wrist. And so, um, and they're trained to look for those emergency IDs as well. So just something to think about. It might not be so critical when the child is five and is dropped off at preschool and everybody there knows the child has an allergy or so forth, 
But it is important, and I know it saved my life a bunch of times. I know I'm going on and on here, but, you know, like let's say teenagers at the mall, and um, let's say they're by themselves just shopping for something, and they come in contact with something, and people don't know that, they've, that they're allergic, um, and they can't talk or whatever. Those medic alerts really do a great job speaking for them when they can't speak for themselves. Um, so just a thought there, and I kind of like um, telling telling parents and children to put them on now and then they're very used to them and just becomes a part of the the person to always have that medical alert on. And, and it's not expensive or anything like that. And it's a on the back when you flip the medical alert over, it, um, it describes what's, what's up with, you know, like mine says anaphylaxis, multiple foods, you know, that kind of thing. And here's a number to call and stuff like that with my detailed medical information. So just a thought there, if if your kids don't have that or if anybody listening doesn't have that. Um, would you add anything to that? Did I forget anything? Um, no, I I totally agree with you. I think the medical alert is really important, and you're so right. I mean, even if parents are with their children, anything could happen, and we could be in a car accident, and yes. maybe the driver is not responsive, and you need people to know that your children have these allergies. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. And, of course, uh, actually in Ontario, which is the province we live in in Canada, there's something called Sabrina's Law um, because of a death that occurred in 2003. Uh, Sabrina yep. Shannon died at school. Um, well, she didn't die at school, but she had an exposure at school, anaphylactic reaction um, uh occurred and then she died in hospital several days later but because of that and her mother's um lobbying the government they created sabrina's law in which um every uh student has to have an epipen on them as well as an anaphylactic plan which the schools must follow um so i oh, think yeah. the epipen should actually be on on the child you know on the if child. possible yeah I agree with yeah. you, and I don't know how um, – I think I've had her parents on before on the show. Um, I'm pretty sure I have. I'll double-check that if I'm misspeaking. We will. <laughs> if we haven't already, we will. But I don't know okay. how that is here. I haven't um, read up on that law for a while here, but I, the last I knew it was in the classrooms here um, in the okay. U.S. So um, I just I just firmly believe that has to be on the child, way closer to the child than, you know, down the hall and across the way, you know, kind of thing. Um, so tell me, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Did you have anything more you wanted to add to that? I just, I want, I want to make sure people take away as much as they can from, from you being on the show today. Yeah, no, I think, I think what you said is really important. Um, the, the other thing I would just add is, I guess, because my children are young and I think about safety at school um, and those kind of things, uh, tr I just think that people should be trained to administer the EpiPen because even though, for example, my son is going to be 13, potentially he could self-administer. But even an adult having an anaphylactic reaction, you may not have that presence of mind no, I can't. to... No, yeah, so I think people around you should be trained to actually administer it. Yep, um, yeah, I can't. My blood pressure goes so low that I can't even function right. or call 911 on my own. So um, yeah, exactly. I can't. that's why I've got the medical alert on for sure. I think the other thing that you really made a good point about too was um, keeping things, I know we talked about it a little bit, but keeping things clean, the food clean and so forth, and then um, just being aware of, of the allergens 
so that all the kids kind of eat the same way. I thought that was really cool because I know I feel like I impose on my family a lot, but they're used to me at this point <laughs> after 20 years <laughs> with it. And, and they know, you know, the house nut free, you know, those, those types of things. But, you know, it's a lot when somebody wants to go, you know, if you don't have food allergies and you want to go have an almond bar and you've got somebody next to you who is um, allergic to almonds, it's, you know, they go outside to eat that, then come in and brush their teeth, wash their hands. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. there's a there's a ritual that goes goes on in here to keep me safe and alive, um, even with kisses. Yes, yeah. I'm starting to so. think about those issues now that my son's going to be 13. Yeah. It's a whole new it's a whole new thing that teenagers have to deal with the whole social social life. Yeah. So I've got two children in college and a third one on the way here, and I was thinking a lot about Andrea Mariano and Mm -hmm. how difficult it is for kids with food allergies to eat at college. Um, When I go and I visit the schools, I I often think, wow, if I had had these allergies when I was in college, I don't know that I would be able to function right. I don't think I would be able to be in a dorm. I think I would have had to have my own apartment, my own kitchen, I don't think I ever probably could have eaten in the, in the, you know, I even have trouble when I go visit my own kids at school trying to eat in their, um, the you know, the restaurant areas and things like that at colleges. Um, right. With, you know, like a cereal buffet with all the cereals mixed. You know, and people, yes. and God bless them, you know, they're doing a great job for the general public. The food's awesome and everything at the schools. But for somebody with allergies, with everything mixed up like that, to me, it talk about anxiety you know I I pretty much want to go visit my kids at school I pack my own lunch my own drink my own everything and I let them eat what they're going to eat do you yeah we're talking and we're talking about someone who passed away at 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 a university um did she do you know if her parents had those concerns with her going to school and so forth and there's no uh, there's no blame or anything. I mean, it, it sounds like she took a drink of something she trusted, and it and it was had something, um, an allergen in there that she wasn't aware yeah. of. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, from what I know, in speaking with Andrea's parents, um, actually Andrea's mom told me that she didn't actually want Andrea to go away for university. So she actually went to another city, which is about an hour and a half away from where they where they live. So she was living in residence, and her mom was really, really concerned. But she said to me that, you know, I can't stop her from wanting to do the things she wants to do. Um, so she just she supported her in going to the university um, and living on campus. And um, Andrea, you know, growing up and her family and friends around her, everyone knew about the allergies. They always, she and they always advocated for her. Um, her her school teachers were great, you know, all those things were occurring. She always carried her EpiPen with her. Um, but on this day, it was just very uncharacteristic of her. She didn't have her EpiPen on her. And um, we I don't know the exchange that occurred between her and the service person, but she ordered a drink that she normally has. It's supposed to be, you know, dairy-free and nut-free. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, um, it has been revealed by the coroner's report that there was cross-contamination with either one of those allergens. Um, 
So I, I think, I mean, in, in, after that incident occurred at that particular university, they have set up something called the Severe Allergy Review Committee. And out of that, they're creating a policy for allergic students, um, which involves the allergic student identifying their allergies. And then there's more in-depth, I guess, discussion with the food service providers at the university to make sure there are options for them. Um, there's supposed to be um, you know, more training regarding um, cross-contamination issues and even EpiPen, you know, administering the EpiPen. Um, I don't know what it's like at other um, universities and colleges. Um, I'm hoping because now, because there's been a rise in kids with food allergies, these kids are getting older. It's going to be a lot more allergic kids going to universities and colleges pretty yep. soon. So they really do need to address it because, you know, I, I, I've been telling my kids nothing should stop you from achieving your dreams. You have these limitations, but there are people out there with greater limitations who succeed and do so well in life. And, you know, we're going to deal with it, prepare you. You're going to learn how to advocate for yourself. But at the same time, we need the institutions ready to, I need you know, to serve you for a these yeah, go ahead. Hold your thought for just a second. For anybody listening live, our show is going to cut off live um, because we were scheduled for half an hour, but we're going to go longer. And so what happens is it tapes live, and to listen to the rest of the show, you just click on the link, and it will replay it for free for you as many times as you want to listen to the information. So um, you were talking about your kids and how you're encouraging them to, to, to thrive, basically, is kind of what I hear um, keep going with that. Yeah, yeah. because I don't want them to feel like, oh, I have these allergies, I can't do this, I can't do that. I, we really try and you know, educate the people around them to make the environment inclusive for them. And if there's something they can't participate in, then you know, we deal with it. But I just, I'm telling them all this, and then say they want to go to a university somewhere and for a career choice or, or their dream or their passion, and then that university is not prepared to handle, no, no. you know, dealing with their food allergies. I wouldn't want them to be limited in that way. So I am hoping that, you know, more universities are are preparing themselves for this increase in the number of people with, with anaphylactic food allergies. Yeah, I wrote I wrote something probably about five years back now, maybe six years back now, and it was talking about you know, I'm an adult with food allergies, and I've always been an adult with the allergies. So I've had to maneuver through different circumstances, not school because I had already graduated from college, but workplace. And exactly, so yeah. for me, for example, it's only a matter of time before we have an airline pilot who has a severe nut allergy, and we cannot yeah. actually serve those nuts on board those planes. Um, right. But we're, I don't know if we're quite there yet because the kids aren't at that age just yet. But this chunk of kids that suddenly has all of these allergies, which is about 1 in 13 people um, in Canada or in the U.S., I'm not sure nationwide what that is, but you know, eventually one of those 13 kids is going to want to be a pilot or an astronaut or this or that or another thing. And I just think the workplace um, is going to have to – to change with respect to the the rules of food because I know one of my last allergic reactions I had was 
to nuts in the workplace. And um, work environments are notorious for have a potluck, have a cookie party, have a Christmas party, have a this and yeah. that. Um, brew up some hazelnut coffee and I'm toast, for example. Um, right. And so, you know, there's things that, you know, the people without the food allergies aren't thinking of to accommodate the one. and But it's that one life that, you know, actually goes into anaphylactic shock from that one thing. And so, I don't know, I just see that landscape changing profoundly. And I agree with you on the university scale because I think, you know, I th- I think these kids, and also the the kids of the the advocates, um, you know, the the real strong advocates who have been out there for a while now, like Gina Close, and um, you know, some of those people who, you know, they they created their site ten years ago, and now they're right. kids in college with a milk right. allergy or something like that. Um, you know, they're helping shape that landscape. Um, but there, you know, there's a few of us. You know, we. I, I think a lot could be done to um, contact some of us to come in maybe into the into the kitchens and say, no, nope, this cereal can't be next to this cereal because if you see here, you know, granola's got nuts in it, so don't ever put that in there and this and that and don't put fish on the grill here. You know, I can I can just see that changing in restaurants um, maybe too, um, but it, there's a need for it for sure to prevent things like this from happening, especially buffet food because. Um, you know, and for now, the best way around it is educating the kids. Just don't touch it. Yeah, yeah. That's, don't eat I mean, that. that's yeah. That's how my not kids are. They're, if they're yeah, exactly. If they're not sure, and we haven't given it a go ahead. If they're, I mean, recently my son went to a party and um, he had a great time, but he didn't eat anything. He just came back yeah, home and said, no, I, I didn't feel I didn't feel comfortable. I'm not going to eat anything. But he's, I asked him, and he said he still had a really good time. So I think yeah. um, that's the thing. If in doubt, you're just not going to eat it. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the same for me. You know, again, you know, like when my husband and I celebrate our anniversary and we want to go out for dinner, that's a very serious phone call to a chef ahead of time um, yes. that says, look, you know, I need my chicken in a different pan that's been, you know, you know all that, that whole conversation of here's how I need to eat. Can you help me have fun and be safe? And, you know, it's one of the ways I do dining out. Um, but I agree with you on the whole party thing, you know, um, going, you know, going to a party with food is no fun for me. <laughs> I don't know about you. And it creates this whole anxiety like, you know, like going to an office Christmas party brews up, you know, th- three or four days of, oh, my God, how am I going to do this for me? Um, and you eventually kind of come to this realization of, you know, you don't have to go there and eat. You know, go there and have your water or your, you know, glass of wine or whatever to sort of fit in, smile and and listen and all that stuff, but you're not going to be eating the, you know, the sushi <laughs> or whatever it is that they're going to serve, for example. Right. Um, but it's lifelong. I mean, that whole thing and scenario, that social type of thing, for, is is pretty much lifelong, unless your crowd is entirely food allergic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so social, yeah. the social life, socializing is the fabric of life, and unfortunately, food is food. central to a lot of those social activities and. Um, even if you have a lot of friends who have food allergies, I, I find that just like with my two kids, the food allergies are different. <laughs> so yeah. it's somebody hard has milk to. Somebody has nuts. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. 
Yeah, it's hard yeah. to accommodate every everyone. It's I guess bring your own food. Uh, that's what we do to social events. We just bring our own food, or we have a lot of social events in our own house. <laughs> All the family, <laughs> yeah, exactly. our major holidays. That, land, that yeah. landscape changes too, though, as you get older. You know, with the with the you know twenty one year old, or you know they're out oh, and driving. Know. Yeah, so, I know. That's yeah. why. That's one of the goals. One of the drives to find a cure, so that hopefully, as an adult, they possibly may not have to deal with all this. I don't know, but stuff, that's definitely yeah. the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um on your on your walk for Andrea Mariano, um tell us about the walk. How did it go? Um what kind of money did you raise? What kind of what are your goals? Um uh, what are your goals for next year? And um and just anything you want to add about the walk. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, the walk went really well. We held it um, on October 2nd, and the biggest worry we had was the weather because it was overcast, had been pouring rain days before, and um, so the universe looked greatly upon us because suddenly the sun came out um, for the exact start time of the walk, and it was a beautiful morning, and a lot more people came out than we expected. We had about 250 people attend. We also had, um, you know, local politicians attending, which was which was really good just to increase awareness. Um, the local mayor and um, member of parliament for the Canadian government came. So um, that was it was important right. to us because that sort of lends weight to what we're saying. Um, it was also a day to remember Andrea, Andrea herself, and um, it gave her parents that opportunity to um, have something big happen, you know, for her and, and not to forget her because she herself, I I didn't know her, but from um, stories from her parents and her sister, um, I found out that she was um, a great believer in social justice, um, very very um, concerned about the environment, about um, inequality in the world. And I think doing the walk um, touches upon that because we, we do want people with food allergies to be included into, in things and um, advocate for their own safety, but also show um, people out there how they can help keep kids and, and adults with food allergies safe. Because I find that having a food allergy is sort of a unique um, if you want to call it illness or, or disability, in that we really rely on other people to keep the person safe um, more than any other any other problem. Um, because I can do, like I said, and what I've been saying is what I can to keep my child safe in terms of the food I prepare. But I also rely on other people at school, at sports events, at you know, eventually university. Um, to keep them safe. So I think the the walk was, yeah, the walk was to raise that awareness, uh, but also to fund uh, research to find a cure. So uh, the Sick Kids uh, Food Allergy and Anaphylaxis Program is a program in Toronto, and um, they have pledged to cure food allergies within 10 years. So they actually have a timeline, and I think there's into the third year of that timeline. So they're doing all sorts wow. of um, research and clinical trials ranging from, you know, the patch to oral immunotherapy to genetic biomarkers, a whole bunch of stuff going on. So we really wanted to donate the money directly to them. Um, our 
initial goal was $15,000. And so we surpassed that. We raised um, about, I think, just over 17000 So we're really happy Fabulous. about that. Yeah, especially since it was our first walk. We, we never organized a walk before. Everything was new to us. Um, but we do want to continue. We want to do it every year. And like you said earlier on, the next one will be on September 24th, 2017. And we want to just keep adding to that number so that we can make a significant uh, impact to, to people with food allergies and hopefully help with finding the cure. And, you know, and also to, you know, maybe give those parents some peace of mind. You know, I'm sure Andrea's parents are in so much pain from, from that happening. And, um, I, it, you know, when you can turn your pain into purpose, and while it not, might not bring back, you know, their daughter, it might save other lives and maybe they can have some peace of mind um, in that small way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I remember seeing, you know, we, Andrea's parents have been involved in the planning and they would come to our home for the planning meetings. And the first time I actually saw Andrea's father smile was at the walk. He looked like oh, he was, yeah, It. I think what you're saying is so true, just a purpose for the pain. Um, and if if we can do something significant in her name, and that's actually why we, ch- we actually had a different name. We had Walk to Fight Food Allergies, but it became Walk for Andrea because, she represents everything um, that the walk is is for, and trying to prevent any other family from going through something similar. Yeah, and I and I like your three takeaways. Before we came on the air today, I asked you of you know three things that you were hoping people might learn today, and I think we've we've covered them brilliantly. Um, which is promote safe inclusion um, through creating more understanding about this invisible disability so that people are more willing to accommodate and, and integrate allergy sufferers into everyday activities and they can experience a real sense of belonging in their schools and communities, workplaces, and so forth. Um, I love the way you wrote that. And the second one is to improve safety. Um, advocate for food allergic individuals to live safer and healthier lives by working to ensure that the foods are honestly and clearly labeled with all ingredients in the product. Um, I did a I did a, uh, a spot yesterday for an app, like a phone app called um, Foodwise, and okay. um, it's just so you know, um, it's uh, you know I, I have food allergies, so I was like, sure, I'll volunteer and do that in a heartbeat. And you can take the app and scan labels, and they'll tell you what's in it. But that was pretty cool. Oh my gosh, that's um, exactly yeah, what I want. <laughs> so yeah, it's called Foodwise, and on Twitter it's Foodwise Mobile. Thought that was so okay, cool. It's a doctor behind it too. I his name escapes me at this second, but um, he's behind it. It's really him on Twitter and everything. It's very very cool. So anything you can do to help that, I think, is genius. And the other thing too, uh, if you you have girls, right? Um, um, I have you, a son and two girls. Yeah, two girls. Okay, so from a girl standpoint, um, anybody listening to boys too a little bit, but more so girls probably cosmetics. Um, products, yes. shampoos, all that stuff. Almonds are in everything. Almonds, walnuts, yes, I've um, even goodness. milk and yeah. egg. Milk, yeah. egg. Yeah, the allergens are not labeled. Um, and I have found, as an adult, I've had more problems with that than food. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm like specifically honed in on certain products I use, and I don't stray very far from that. Um, so that improving safety, I think. 
um, we've we've suggested things out into the world. Hopefully people are listening or maybe we can do something about it more. Um, and then third, you said find a cure, which is um, encouraging and funding research in healthcare industry and research facilities to seek new um, interventions for cures and create healthier lifestyles for allergic people. Now, I'm a person who, like they did that skin test and I had anaphylaxis from that, so I can't imagine being a person who could be tested like with a peanut patch or anything like that. I think it would probably kill me. I don't know that right. for sure, but um, I am that sensitive of a human being. But if um, if it helps, you, um, what was the name of the place you said? The Sick Kids. Uh, it's it again? the Sick Kids. Yeah, Sick Kids Food Allergy and Anaphylaxis Program. It's and is awful. that through a hospital? <laughs> it, yeah, it's the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto. Uh, for yeah. short, and they're doing a lot of research. Kids. Yes. They are. So uh, they have they their own bio website. Sorry, they, they do. What do you know? What it is? Yeah, it's uh, it's in only ten years dot com, and I think the ten okay. is like the number ten, in only okay. ten years dot com. Yeah, dot com. Okay. And what's your website? So our website is walkforandrea.ca, yeah. and we're going to be revamping it mid next year for the 2017 walk but right now it's actually still open for donations uh it's going to be open for donations till january 2nd okay and we have and twitter and instagram also, yeah i saw you were on twitter and instagram um we connected there so walk around i think that's how we even met isn't it on instagram yes. i mean on uh, yes. twitter on twitter yeah, cool. yeah. power on twitter i love it um i love it too <laughs> yeah, and if you're if you're in only ten years place wants a vial of my blood to test or whatever, if it helps in any way, you let me know. <laughs> I'd be happy to, okay. to donate blood to the cause. <laughs> yeah, I am <laughs> be happy to. Um is there anything I know it's odd, but um is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to talk about? Um I think I, I just you know as the food allergies increase, you know, we're not the only family, unfortunately, dealing with food allergies. And I think that what's important to also take away is that it's the food allergy doesn't just affect that individual or that individual's family. It actually impacts a lot more people, their family, their friends, the school, the community. So I really think it's, it is and should be addressed like a public health concern. And if it is, then maybe we could get that cure faster or at least increase awareness and have accommodations in place and have that safe yeah. inclusion discussion. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. That to me, as you were talking, all I could think about was like food allergy bullying. I mean, the, it's like another layer yeah. of bullying that's happening too. Like there's bullying and now there's food allergy bullying. It's like seriously, like I've, I've heard things like, yeah, the kid smeared peanut butter in a sandwich as a joke and, ha-ha, they filled his backpack with, you know, Snickers wrappers or whatever, sorry, Snickers, but candy wrappers with peanuts in them, you know, um, you know that kind of stuff, ha-ha, funny, funny, and that's life-threatening. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand, actually. I, I switched my son to a different school because when he was in kindergarten, there was a child that was constantly threatening to bring peanuts and, and yep. protect, like, just feed it to him, and he was... It was very disturbing, and unfortunately, the school didn't address it, so we just switched schools. But it it is, I mean, like you said, bullying is a problem, and this just adds another layer, a very frightening layer. Um, Sometimes I think maybe if we do that, 
the whole exercise of like, you know, what it's like to live with a food allergy of someone to, to, you know, to increase empathy, just do it for a day, pretend you have a food allergy and what is it like and, and, and have to deal with it. Yeah. Cause yeah, I think, I think that's I what it's, it's the stem of the, the root of it is that there, there's just this lack of empathy and we really need to, I guess, train people to be to, to demonstrate empathy. I, I thought it was a natural human trait, but I, I'm not so sure anymore. No. Yeah, I, I could. I wrote this down as as you were talking, like things that have happened to me personally with food allergy. You know, having that, I've been kicked off airplanes. I've been. I mean, I've been. I was at a at an event. I, I won't say the event, but a girl was eating uh, mixed nuts in front of me. And um, she threw them at me. Oh, my God. Um, I've had so many things happen to me over the years, and I'm an adult, so I can only imagine what that's like um, being a child. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a whole level of that. I agree with you. That's a, that's a really great, great point to, to end on and make. So um, hopefully this has been helpful for people listening. Um, and uh, and I hope people continue – I wish you all the success with your walk, and I hope it continues to bring peace to the family, Mariano family, and um, and your own family as well too, because it's some stress um, there, and you don't want your kids to feel. It's interesting too. You don't want your kids to feel like you they stress you out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you don't yes, want that to yes. happen, happen either. You know. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's a lot to deal with, but um, hopefully people listening um, have enjoyed the show as far as um, learning more and spreading the word about food allergy awareness. Um, anything else to add? We'll get going here. I just want to thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoy talking to you. It's such a pleasure to speak to someone, although I wouldn't wish food allergies upon anybody. No. I, to speak to someone who really, really gets it, it it's, it's, um, it's an honor. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for sharing your story because um, I know when I was first diagnosed with food allergies, um, I was so embarrassed. I thought I was going to get fired from my job. I didn't. We didn't exactly know what it was wrong. We didn't know exactly know what I was allergic to, or anything, and um, it just caused a, a flurry of problems for me and stress and anxiety and sadness and and life-threatening situations. You know, probably five allergic reactions in one year, not knowing exactly what it was and I hit it and was scared and everything. So I, you know, I completely get it. And I'm so impressed by the bravery of people talking about it. I, it makes me stronger even and makes me not feel alone because uh, I know I spent a really long time feeling like I was the only one in the world way back in the 90s with food allergies. No one knew what it was or anything. And right. um, so, yeah, I always thank Gina Close a lot for putting me in that book, One of the Gang. She she's like yeah. she t- she approached me and she said you've got to talk about this. I'm like I really don't want to. I'm so you know, mortified by the fact that I have something wrong with me and it, no one no one's ever heard of it and all this stuff. And um, she really gave me some of like my voice about food allergies and to talk about it. So I was I, she I I owe a lot to Jean all the time. So. Yeah, that thank you. That is a great book, and I thank you for reminding me about it. I had bought it when my son was quite young, and I'd totally forgotten yeah. to introduce it to my youngest. Yeah, so it's I'm, a, it's I'm a so cool glad book. for that. Yeah, very Regina, cool. If you're listening, hi. <laughs> we love your book. One of the kids. <laughs> it, it talks about you know how you can grow up 
and, and be anything you want to be with food allergies, and I think that's so important. Um, took me a while as a grown-up to learn that lesson, <laughs> but and that, so I get how I get how that feels for sure because it feels like you've got this you know restriction on you, and um, you feel a little bit immobile with it, like you can't participate in things normally. Um, but with great people around you like yourself, you can. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, so we're going to end on that on that note. And just uh, please look um, for Walk for Andrea on the website. It's walkforandrea.com. And oh, food allergy awareness. Sorry. sorry. Oh, sorry, .ca. Yep, sorry about yeah. that. Walkforandrea.ca. We're in Canada there. And um, <laughs> Yeah, I remember. And on Twitter, Walk for Andrea, and on Instagram, the same thing. They're doing great things. And um, we would just like to really actually end on the memory of Andrea Mariano and thank um, her parents and you and um, everyone for just keeping her in your hearts and minds and um, just uh, cherishing her memory, I think, is what I'm trying to say. So really appreciate all that you're doing to to keep her memory and uh, keep other people safe. So, all right, everybody. Um, thank you so much for listening. It makes me choke up a little bit and tear up a little bit. I'm sorry that that family um, has lost their child to food allergies. It makes me very sad. So um, anything I can ever do to, to help keep people safe, I try and do it. And, um, again, just thank you to Dr. Parmar for being on here today. And uh, thank you all for listening, and we hope you um, share the show. And we hope you've learned something, and we hope it keeps people safe. So I'll be quiet now. Thank you, everybody. Take care and have a good day. Thank you, Dr. Parmar. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at besteveryou.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.